0: You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, grow brand awareness, and create better content. Now, I think everyone in B2B marketing would probably agree that thought leadership content is important and very valuable. There's a lot of good data around how buyers appreciate thought leadership content. And I think there's a lot of people who either consider themselves thought leaders or would like to be considered that way. But there, at the same time, there's also this perception out there that most thought leadership content isn't very good, or it's sort of mediocre at best. And so today, my guest is Julie Revelant. Julie is a freelance B2B healthcare copywriter and a content writer, and she's founder of Revolent Writing. And Julie is here to help us figure out what is going on with thought leadership content and what it really takes to create next level thought leadership content. So Julie, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Jeremy. I'm excited to be here.
0: You're quite welcome. So now, of course, you specialize in the healthcare industry, but I think thought leadership content in healthcare is is not so different than thought leadership content in any industry. Well, I, I'm actually assuming that. I guess I should ask you that first. Like, do do you think that there there's a lot of crossover or is it more a particular thing in healthcare?
1: No, I would say that it's definitely consistent across all industries. And, you know, I love how you talked about in the beginning that thought leadership really, you know, there's this consensus that maybe it's kind of poor quality and you know, there was a report in 2022 from LinkedIn and Edelman, and it found that yeah. only 33% of those who create thought leadership say the quality of content is very good or excellent, and 29% of C-suite leaders said the same. So yeah. there's definitely a deficit there.
0: Yeah, I, I've seen that exact study, right? I've quoted that a bunch of times, too, like on LinkedIn. So so what's going on In, in as somebody who helps brands create thought leadership content? what, what's your take on this? Why is, why, where do you think that perception is coming from?
1: Well, I think that the the void is that a lot of thought leadership, a lot of marketers that create thought leadership think it's just a byline or they think it's a blog or they can repurpose a webinar or a sales deck, or it's simply SEO driven content. And a lot of them make the mistake that it's product or solution focused. And so thought leadership is so much more than that, right? And so when it's done right, it's what sets your company apart and may eventually encourage them to become a customer or purchase again or engage in in some way. And so thought leadership should be newsworthy. It should have a fresh or unique perspective. Your C-suite leader should be imparting wisdom or big innovative ideas, it should also be, in my opinion, the story that no one else is talking about. So that dirty little mm-hmm. secret in the industry, or, you know, we've kind of circumvented this topic, but let's really hone in on on what what's going to happen. What's the trend? And so it's the difference between the same old stories. And so in healthcare, I write a lot about health equity, DE&I, rising healthcare costs, social determinants of health, all those types of stories. And that's well and good and that, that's clickable and interesting. But what we need to be creating is, is stories that have almost yet to be uncovered. You know, it includes the ideas that your C-suite is talking about behind closed doors, maybe, or those ideas that are keeping them up at night. It's the, the new ideas that make people stop and listen and make them want to take action or think differently. And it's also what affects change and propels innovation forward.
0: Yes. When I think of thought leadership, I, I'm I'm keying on the word leadership like it's something that leads, right? Yeah. In other words, kind of leading into new territory or saying something that hasn't already been said a million times, something that makes me think like, oh, that's a really interesting way of thinking about that thing. And that thing might be something that's not brand new, you know, like we've, people have been talking about it, but here's a new angle on that. Why do you think that a lot of thought leadership content doesn't achieve that?
1: I would say that in healthcare or probably across the board but marketers are are lean right they have these lean marketing teams they're time strapped they don't have enough bandwidth everything is done in a very ad hoc way surprisingly even if there is a strategy in place it's you know we need it yesterday type of type of approach and they know that they need to create thought leadership. They know that it's important, but they just don't have the time. They don't have the bandwidth. They don't have enough resources. They also don't have their C-suite bought into the idea necessarily. You know, there's a, there's a lot of written about this, how C-suite leaders just aren't, they don't, they don't have buy-in from the C-suite about content in general. And so that's a huge barrier to creating thought leadership.
0: Right. Without the buy-in of the leaders themselves, you think it's going to be a lot harder to create really good content that actually qualifies as leading and not just following.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So what can brands do to create better thought leadership content? What needs to happen?
1: So if I can talk from my own perspective as a freelance writer and you know, I think the best brands that create thought leadership, they set their writers up for success. And so that includes having a, having brand messaging framework, their value props, buyer personas, brand voice and style guidelines, existing marketing collateral, and then other thought leadership pieces. And then ideally having creative brief in hand. I think the other thing is having having the whole team have their hands on it. So we don't want a lot of cooks in the kitchen because that can often delay the process and create bottlenecks. But I, I do think that the full marketing team kind of has to be all hands on deck with their ideas, also talking with the C-suite about their ideas. And, and again, that's a big barrier because they're just time strapped and it's hard to often get them, you know, on a call to, to kind of pick their brain. So I would say that definitely taking that collaborative approach and then thinking in terms of newsworthiness, right? Like thinking of if you want to get that thought leadership article placed, think like a journalist and think what's newsworthy, what's different, what's clickable, what is going to be a different idea that someone is interested in.
0: I'm glad you brought that up because I've been thinking a lot of, recently about that journalism model. I have a journalism background. A lot of the folks I talk to on this podcast have a journalism background. seems pretty common in marketing, especially B2B marketing. And that sounds like a good idea to me. If you're, if you're working like a journalist, then you're, as you say, you're seeking out something that's new. And you're doing that most of the time by talking to subject matter experts who have that specialized knowledge, who are doing the research and the thinking that's meant to be on the cutting edge, right? Yeah. Yeah. That seems like a good model. And do you think that maybe one of the reasons it doesn't happen as much is because what you just said a second ago, just time. People, the the, the C-suite are not making themselves as available as they need to, to reporters slash marketing writers who need the time to sit down with them and pick their brain,
1: yeah, I would say that's true, and then also this idea about what thought leadership yeah. is, so it's mm. not like I said, it's not the same old ideas repurposed or everything else that everyone else is talking about. It's really it takes time to uncover what that newsworthy story is you know i was a I was a writer for Fox News Health for nearly six years, and I've been a writer really for. 20 years or so. And I would say that, you know, especially when I was at Fox News, 99% of the pitches I received landed in the trash. Mm. And I think if you talk to any other journalists, they will say the same. And it's oftentimes, and not to knock PR firms because I do work with them and I know some great ones, but oftentimes the PR firms are not identifying What is newsworthy or different? It's so many times it's pitches that are product or solution focused Mm. or about an author. And, you know, the journalists, they don't really care, right? They need a story. They don't care about your new book, your new product, (laughs) whatever the case is.
0: Right. And, you know, you did just use the word new, new product, new book. But the difference there is that journalists are never going to print something that's just openly and obviously promotional. Right. Right and that's the difference it can't just be we are we have a new product who cares right right it it's right. it's it has to be here's a here's something happening that people need to know about that's that's new or has a new angle or something like that
1: yeah absolutely and you know oftentimes i write about this i write about like i said i write about stories that everyone else is is publishing and it's I do work with a PR firm on, on, for one client in this capacity, and they're, they're really tasked with trying to figure out, okay, what's the unique angle here? Because everyone's talking about, I don't know, let's say neurodiversity in, in the workplace. Well, how do, we stand, how do we make this client stand out right? with, with something mm-hmm. new and, and a bigger idea that maybe on the horizon that we should all be thinking about?
0: Well, let's get into that. I mean, how do you do that? Because I, that, that's a particular skill, right? There, there's yeah. a particular, there are particular ways to go about digging for new stories, like digging for scoops, you know? Yeah. How, what's your take on that? What are some techniques that mm-hmm. marketers could benefit from?
1: Yes, yeah, so I will say that I don't typically work on strategy like I said I work with PR firms or internal marketing teams who do that work. However, yes, I was a journalist, so I often aid in that way and support them with with new ideas and you know, interestingly, when I write thought leadership, it's it's really like I said ad hoc and I'm I'm given a topic, not a story. There's a difference. I'm given a topic and I have to go do pre- and post-interview research and then develop that storyline, conduct the interview, write it, bring it to the finish line. And maybe I'll have an interview with someone in the C-suite, but oftentimes it's with someone at a director level and then maybe it's bylined by that C-suite leader. And then even if it is with someone in the C-suite, you know, oftentimes they'll give me a few high-level ideas again and direction, but then I'm really tasked with fleshing it out, developing the story, and bringing it to the finish line. And so I think, you know, in terms of trying to find that, that big idea, again, it, I think really the, the best marketers, the best marketing teams, it comes down to sitting with your C-suite and, and uncovering those ideas with them.
0: Yes. A couple things that, are, that I think are interesting. One, it's almost – if you're reading any kind of thought leadership content, no matter what the byline says, it's almost never actually written by the thought leader. Right. right? Or like especially if it's a CEO or, you know, what, you can just assume it's ghost written or something like that. Yeah. Which is interesting to me because, again, when I think of thought leadership, you're on some level, even though I know that they're not writing it, but still it's kind of presenting itself as – These are my thoughts, you know? Yeah. Like, these are the thoughts coming out of my head. And they sort of are. Because, like you said, it's the writer's not just making it up. It's like from an interview with the C suite person, but it's also being then translated by the writer. There's a difference, you know, between the person having the thoughts, writing it themselves, and handing it off to, to a writer, which raises the question for me then you really need to have the right kind of writer to make that work. Not just any writer will do. So what what should what should be to be marketing teams be looking for in a writer, say they're like a freelancer like you? What what are they looking for in, in terms of finding the right kind of writer to pull that off?
1: yeah, and I think that some of that also can come over time as you develop a relationship with that subject matter expert because you can ascertain their voice mm-hmm. and you can yeah. really understand the ideas that that they have. But I think that you know, I am biased, but I, I do think that working with a journalist is the best way. So journalists know how to conduct research. They know how to ask the right questions. They also know, they don't just ask the questions. They dig for the answer. So they're, you know, if, because oftentimes on an interview, I don't care who it's with. It's, it's often high level. Like I'm sure you experienced this on your podcast. Yeah. You, you try to really, let's not be so high level. Let's dig a little bit deeper and get to the real story here. So I think journalists have that unique ability and they're curious of a natural curiosity. They want to learn more. They, they want to know the why behind certain stories. So that's really what differentiates a journalist from simply a writer. And Mm -hmm. then also, I think we're talking about this offline, but a lot of my clients hire me because of my subject matter expertise in healthcare. Mm -hmm. And I I see that becoming more important to marketers these days where they don't just want a writer or a generalist. They want someone who really gets their industry. And maybe that is specific to healthcare because it's so complicated and ever-changing but i do find that most of the clients that hire me it's because of my healthcare expertise and then also my journalism background.
0: Yeah. I I completely agree with what you're saying that journalists, good journalists anyway, have that particular skill of digging for a story. Yeah. And i think the reason that you need to dig is because It's not always apparent, I think usually, actually, it's not always apparent exactly what the story is on the surface. And it's not apparent, not just to the journalist, but to the person whose story it is. That person might not even be really aware that they have this great story to tell, or even if they are kind of aware, how to tell it or what the most interesting part of the story is. And it's the journalist slash marketer who needs to 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 be able to pull that out, to, to help the source kind of self-discover their own story, if that makes sense. That's what I think anyway.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I also think it's important to think of the writer that you're working with as a partner. I think one of you know, some of my most successful client relationships are those that see me as an extension of their marketing team and we have a very collaborative approach. Whereas, you know, years ago, I would say when I was really first starting out, oftentimes I was viewed as almost a nuisance, right? <laughs> like, yeah, we don't really, we're not going to prioritize this and just go get it done type of thing. But I think, you know, as my business has evolved, I have found clients who see me as, a, as, a, as their partner and, and that's why, you know, they're tapping into outside resources.
0: Yeah, and and I think they have to do that if they want to get really high-quality content.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Because if you don't have the kind of access you need, then how are you supposed to write those great stories and get that really in-depth stuff? You need access to the people who are the subject matter experts. That's right. Yeah, there's really just no way around that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, so. Summing up a little bit, what's your advice for marketing teams that want to level up their thought leadership content?
1: Yeah, I would say that they should have a strategy in place, so a thought leadership program in place, whether, you know, you it's your internal marketing team or you're working with a PR firm on that. Get buy-in from your C-suite. So again, if they're not on board, you're just not going to be able to take it anywhere and get you know, whether it's articles published or land interviews with the media or on podcast or live events, things like that. So a good way to get buy-in is to show them what other brands like yours are, how they're finding success with thought leadership and with content in general. I would say also, again, monitor the news. Think like a journalist, put that journalist hat on. Set up your Google Alerts, read what other outlets are writing, see the types of interviews that are being published, the types of events, and then develop an editorial calendar, which is fluid. So, you know, you definitely want to load it up with evergreen ideas, but then again, monitor the news and, and as as new trends come up or new ideas come up, definitely tweak your editorial calendar as you go along, have regular discussions again with your C-suite leaders, and and then finally have external resources that will ensure consistency. So oftentimes, marketing teams will, will not have a writer on retainer, and so they'll have to work with various writers. And what ends up happening is a lot of the content could have different voices. And then at the same time, if you're not interviewing those C-suite leaders, you could have Content that has different voices, if you will, even for the same thought leader, so it's really important to try to get interviews with your C-suite.
0: Yeah, a lot of great advice there. And you know, one thing that I take away from everything you just said is that to get really, really good content generally, and especially thought leadership content, it is not easy. It takes time. It's not always a hundred percent clear which way to go. It takes time and effort. And it's just not going to happen unless you really put in the time and the effort and the work to improve.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like all things in content, for sure.
0: Yep. Yep. So Julie, final question. How can people get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, thank you so much. So they can find me on revelantwriting.com.
0: Okay. And you're on LinkedIn, I presume?
1: Yes, yes I am.
0: Okay, great. Well, we'll put a, a link to RevlonWriting.com. In the show notes, we'll put a link to your LinkedIn page as well. And uh, meanwhile, thank you so much for a great conversation. Really enjoyed it.
1: Thank you so much, Jeremy.
0: That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's c-o-n-n-versa.com. The B2B content show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting.